Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. It was a good day, and I am excited about what the Lord has given me to share this morning. I told Pastor Jason this morning as we, um, I came in the sanctuary, I'd been sitting, I, I usually get here real early, 6.30, 7 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and I... I sit in the cafe and I just begin to meditate and go over the things that I'm getting ready to, to share. And uh, I, I told Jason, I said, it never fails. I mean, without fail, I've been meditating and thinking, you know, on, on uh, and, and studying and reading and preparing all week long. Um, on what I'm going to be ministering on Sunday morning. And um, I come and I sit down with a cup of coffee in the cafe, and God begins to pour some things in. And half of what I say was not on my notes when I went to bed last night. And so, um, you know, it, it's it, the Lord just begins to, to and it happens almost every week. Almost every week that uh, the Lord just begins to pour some things into me. So I'll say some things to you today that, that uh, are, are fresh from the Lord today. And uh, we are talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about um, reintroducing the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and, and bringing out some things. You know, I, I grew up in a, uh, a church uh, that, a, a denomination that we um, uh, prided ourselves, and I, I'll say prided ourselves because that's really what we did. We prided ourselves in the fact that, um, you know, we had, uh, we believed in and had uh, received the gift of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and we you know and we thought that somehow that we had arrived at some kind of a level that um, that other that other people had not and uh, you know it was really kind of an arrogant way of thinking but uh, uh, you know we I'm very encouraged at some things I see in the body of Christ today that some of those old mentalities like that of what we, we thought about what separate from other churches and, uh, and and really the mentalities was is what makes us better than other churches and uh, I'm I'm so excited that today I see that that attitude and that mentality is going away and that we're, instead of thinking about what separates us and makes us different, we're thinking about what uh, unites us and what, uh, you know, what, what do we have in common? What can we join around and what can we agree on? And uh, so there is some, some things that we need to understand about Holy Spirit. And, and in, back in those days, you know, the only thing we knew about the Holy Spirit was speaking with tongues. That's all we knew. You know, Holy Spirit was, well, uh, and, and uh, people would say, well, I got it. Well, he's not a it. He's a he. He's a person. And, uh, you know, and so... Um, you know, I know that a lot of you in this room, you never heard a lot of those things, 
Be thankful. And, uh, you know, I had to unlearn a lot of things before I could actually learn something. And so um, today we are reintroducing Holy Spirit, and, and I, I trust it's going to be some fresh revelation for some of you. Some of you, some of you probably know more than I do, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and that, that's... That's not intimidating to me. That's that's I'm happy about that. Praise God. But um, I want us to talk today out of Luke chapter 24, verse number 46. It says, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Now, if all we talk about is the Great Commission, now the Great Commission is, is important, and in fact, uh, you know, my pastor that I came up under, you know, in my... Uh, early ministry years, he used to say this. He said, there is a difference in the reason God created you and, uh, and the reason he left you here on earth after he saved you. So there's two different reasons. The reason he created you is to worship him, to fellowship with him. But the reason he left you here on this earth is to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's, that, that's his words. That's how he used to say it. He said the two different reasons. He, he saved you or he, he created you for fellowship and worship him, with him. He said, but the reason he left you here on earth after he saved you is to seek and to save that which was lost. So we, we understand that the Great Commission... And uh, another friend of mine says, the only commission. It's the only thing Jesus told us to do while he was gone away. And he told us to go into all the world to preach the gospel. He told us that, that uh, repentance and remission of sins should be preached to all nations. And so going into the world, and we're going to be really zooming in on this in a few weeks uh, and, and talking about uh, our call to missions, but um, but here I want us to see if we stop at the end of verse forty-eight. He says that that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And then He says this in verse forty-nine, very important to us. He says, "Behold." I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now notice the context in which he makes that statement. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now he had just told them to, to go into all the world. He had just told them to go to all nations and preach repentance and the remission of sins to, to all nations. He just told them that. And then he says, but before you go, you need to go and wait until you be endued with power from on high. And so he said that, that I'm giving you this commission but there's one thing you need before you go and do the commission. You need the power that's coming from on high. Now, in Mark chapter 16, he says it this way. In verse 15, he says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So two... Uh, 
two writers with two different viewpoints on this, but the same commission that he gives there. And, uh, but he tells them to go. He, he said, these signs will follow them that believe. Um, then in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So three times he gives this commission. In fact, he gives it in also in, in uh, Matthew's gospel, and he gives it also in John's gospel. So five times that he gives this commission by five different writers with five different emphasis. Actually, uh, Luke's account and Acts account are the same writer because um, Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles. Um, and, and really, if you really want to get right down to it, um, it shouldn't be called the Acts of the Apostles. It should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Praise God. And so here we see, uh, you know, th that this commission is given, but we don't go and do the commission without the power. In other words, I don't have the ability to go and do what he said to do until I have received the empowering that he said he would give me. You know, if, uh, if, if I, he gives me a job to do, then he gives me the equipment to do the job. And so many are running off and trying to do the job without picking up their equipment. You know, uh, I mean, years ago, I um, worked as a cable TV installer. And um, each morning, we would receive our work orders and then we would go down to the warehouse and they would give us the uh, supplies that we needed to do the job that we had been assigned to do that day and so we would stock up our trucks you didn't want to get out in the, in, in the field and not have what you needed to do the job in the same way you don't want to get out in the field of the gospel without having the materials, without having the equipment, without uh, 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 having the supply of power that you need in order to do it. Praise God. We're talking about what Holy Spirit has come to empower you to do. Now, he came to do some certain things in your life, but he came also to empower you to, for you to do some things. Praise God. You know, Jesus didn't say, Holy Spirit will go into all the world and preach the gospel. No, he said, you are to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so if he's going to send me to preach, then he needs to give me the power to preach. If he wants me to go and do signs and wonders, he needs to empower me to do signs and wonders. And he, you know, he of all people, understands that, you know. God, the Holy Spirit understands that perfectly. And so, therefore, he has come to equip you to do what he's called you to do. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, You shall receive power when Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. First of all, notice this. He come to empower you to be something. To be something. To be witnesses and then he's come to empower you to do something he's come to empower you to be witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and to the ends of the earth he came to empower you to do something the things he talks about in mark's account of this is the things that he has empowered you to do now the doing part is the is the equipment is the power to to uh demonstrate what you are preaching. He empowers you to preach, but then the, the Scripture says if we were to go on and read um, in Mark chapter 16 and read on to the end of, uh, of the book of Mark there, it says, and they then went everywhere preaching the word. The Lord worked with them confirming the word with signs following. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 
in John chapter 14, verse number 12, says this. Jesus speaking says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. So he said, the works. So he said, the works that I do, so he said, you, can, you are to do the same things that I am doing. So if you want to know what are you supposed to do, well, see what Jesus did. Find out what Jesus did. That's what you're supposed to do. Praise God. And he has given you the equipment, but he gave you the, the, uh, uh, the assignment based on the fact that you were going to receive the same equipment that Jesus had. He gave you the same assignment that Jesus had, and therefore he gave you the same equipment. You know, here's what he didn't do. He didn't say, okay, I want you to go and do the works that I've been doing, but you're not going to, you know. I know that in Acts chapter 10, verse number 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who, with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, I want you to go and do good and heal all that were oppressed of the devil, but God's not going to be with you. You're not going to receive this anointing of the Holy Spirit. You just go and do it on your own. What he said. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? You know, I'm going to go, uh, you know, I've been doing all these things by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and by the indwelling Spirit of God in me. And he says, but I want you to do it without the equipment. Now, if you could do it without the equipment, but Jesus had to have the equipment, that would make you greater than Jesus, wouldn't it? So how arrogant of us to think we could do it without the equipment. If Jesus had to have the equipment, then you have to have the equipment. Praise God. And he gave you the same Holy Spirit the, I mean, absolutely, the very same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Praise God. So you have exactly the same empower that Jesus had. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he says, the works that I do shall you do also. He who believes in me, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, there's been some discussion over the, over the centuries and decades and all of what, how can you do greater works than what Jesus did. What are the greater works? Well, I have an opinion on that, and I'm going to tell you my opinion. Uh, but, you know, some have said, well, the greater works is Jesus never got anybody born again. Which is true. Jesus was the first person born from the dead, and he went back to heaven, and then on the day of Pentecost, you know, uh, uh, 3,000 were born again that day. Um, but I contend that that's really not the greater works that he's talking about. Here's what I believe is the greater works than what Jesus... What, what was Jesus' limitations? Well, you know, how, in, in what way was he limited? How is it possible that we could shake off the limitations that Jesus had and do something greater? Well, I said, here's my opinion. Okay, you can take it for what it's worth. You can agree or disagree, but... Uh, but here's the thing. Jesus came to this earth, became flesh and blood, and dwelt among us, and went about doing all these great and mighty works. But if Jesus was preaching in his hometown of Nazareth, let's say. He's preaching in his hometown of Nazareth or, or, or Capernaum. We hear more about Capernaum under his ministry than we do Nazareth. Uh, 
Nazareth is where he was raised, but Capernaum is, is really where his, his, uh, uh, his ministry base was. And so in, let, let's say he, Jesus is, is in Capernaum, in his hometown. And he's doing these, these great and mighty works there. But let's say I'm in Jerusalem. He's in Capernaum. Unless I go to Capernaum, I can't hear him preach. He can't, uh, he can't lay his hands on me and, and heal me. You know, I mean, if he, if he knew, he could speak the word. And, you know, I mean, we do have an instance of that. But for the most part, you know, you had to be where Jesus was. Jesus, he went about doing these things. And you had to be where he was at the time. This is why the multitudes followed him, so they would be where he was. But see, when Jesus went, uh, when he was in his earthly ministry, there was one man named Jesus who was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, who was going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. There was one man that was doing that. And that one man, because he's limited to flesh and blood, Jesus, God in the flesh, Jesus, was not omnipresent. Now, God is omnipresent, yes, but when he became flesh, he ceased to be omnipresent. And he was contained in one body. There was one body by the name of Jesus that was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. But Jesus went back to heaven. Before he went back to heaven, he told his disciples, he said, you guys go to Jerusalem. You wait until you receive the power, the power that I operated under. He said, you wait until you receive this power, and when you receive this power, then you go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so on that day, the day of Pentecost, 120 were in the upper room in Jerusalem, and they were waiting there. They were waiting with anticipation. They weren't just hanging out having a party. They were waiting with anticipation to what was going to come next. And there as they're waiting, it says, then suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire or divided tongues of fire that sat upon each of them, and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, that occurred at, during the Feast of Pentecost. That's why people that believe in speaking with other tongues are usually called Pentecostals. And so, uh, that, I mean, that's where that name came from. Uh, and so, um, they, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And because there were so many people in Jerusalem that day, for the Feast of Pentecost, it drew a lot of attention, the fact that these crazy people are speaking in, in I, we hear them speaking in our own language, it says. They were there from all over the known world at that time, and the Bible says that they all heard them speaking in their own languages. And so, uh, and they thought, what is going on here? These guys are all Galileans. They are all from this region, right from this area here. How is it that we hear them speaking with other, with, with, in the language from which we were born and, and, and where we come from? How is it we hear them all speaking in this language? And it drew such 
attention, and they some of them were, were scoffers. There's, there were scoffers back then. Don't think that scoffing is a new idea. There were scoffers back then, and they said, no, they're just drunk. They're just drunk with new wine. Peter stands up, and he says, these are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say they weren't drunk. He said they're not drunk as you suppose. You suppose they've been drinking wine, but they're not drunk as you suppose. They are drunk on something called the new wine, praise God. And he says, and he begins to preach a sermon that day, and when Peter preached that sermon, 3,000 were born again that day. Now, what happened when those 3,000 were born again? Those 3,000 received the same Holy Spirit that had empowered Jesus. So now, I love to, I love to talk about this because you know, the Lord gave me a message on an Easter several years ago that I called Devil's Recurring Nightmare. And it was that there was one guy named Jesus who went about giving the devil fits. And all of a sudden, this guy walks out of the grave after the devil thinks he's, he's got rid of him. He walks out of the grave. Fifty days after he walks out of the grave, there's this gathering in Jerusalem, and all of a sudden, there is... First of all, you know, in the early going, there was 120. One has now become 120. And then within just a brief period of time, as long as it took, I don't know how long Peter preached that day, you know, but uh, I'm sure we don't have the full record of everything that he said that day. But uh, uh, Peter preached that day, and then all of a sudden, one has turned into 3,120. And since that day, every day thereafter, somebody else has been born. Some t at some point in time, it got down to you. Praise God. And every day, the devil's worst nightmare just keeps happening over and over again. Praise God. Because now we're talking, don't, don't lose track of what we started on this, on this little uh, thing about here. We were talking about how can you do greater works than Jesus. See, here's what I believe, that how we can do greater works than Jesus is that today I'm standing on this platform in Carlsbad, New Mexico, preaching this message. But at the same time, there are people across town preaching this message. There are people in other parts of our state preaching this message. There are people all across our country that are preaching this message. There are people all around the world that are preaching this message. And I don't have to go today where Jesus is in order to hear Jesus preach because Jesus is preaching through me. Jesus is preaching through my friends. Jesus is preaching through, through you when you go out from here. And so this is how we do greater works than what Jesus did. Praise God. He said he'll do greater works than these. And the reason you will do greater works, see, I believe this is key right here, because I go to the Father. Now, what was to happen when he goes to the Father? Jesus said in another place, he said, it's good for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the helper won't come. So he says it's, uh, that you're going to do the greater works than these because I go to the Father, and when I go to the Father, he's going to send another helper, and he's not just going to walk around with you. He's going to move on the inside of you. He's going to be just like me with the exception that he's going to, to live in you. And he's going to empower you. So while I'm healing the sick, there's one man in one place at one time 
The day's coming, and it's not too far off is what Jesus is saying. He is coming, and he, the one that helped me is going to come and move on the inside of you, and he's going to help you so that you can go into all the world and preach the gospel and demonstrate it. Praise God. Praise God. John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. If Jesus had not gone away, we would have still to this day been limited to one man at one place at one time. But because Jesus went away, now the glory of the Lord can fill the earth. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now we focus in sometimes on that first part of that and there's nothing wrong with that but it says him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. But I want to focus in on that last part of it that says according to the power that works in us. Jesus told us what the power is that works in us. Holy Spirit is the power that works in us. So he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. And I want you to get this out of your mind. He can do unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think but how is he doing it according to the power that works in you praise God turn to your neighbor and say according to the power that works in you praise God according to the power that works in you praise God see there is a power the same power that worked in in Jesus now works in you and he through you is able to do now I'm not talking about what God can do for you but I'm talking about what he can do through you what he can do for you or what he can do through you Usually when we read that verse, we're thinking about what he can do for us. But he's talking about what he can do through you. Praise God. He is able to do. And see, here's the thing. Anytime I see in my Bible that it says that God is able to do something, there is always the implication that he is both willing and able. See, God doesn't mess with your head. He doesn't tell you, oh, I can do that, but I'm not going to. You know, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I can, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. But nah, don't feel like it today. If he says he's able, there is the implication that he is also willing. Praise God. What's the limitation? What, what's the limitation? You know, I mean, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Maybe what you're, you know, maybe you're asking and you're thinking has, has something to do with it. But I, I've got something else that, you know, exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Now, that's Ephesians chapter uh, 3, verse number 20. What if we back up to verse number 15? 
We, we check out what else he said here. Verse 15. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the, where? Inner man. He says you would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ, the word Christ is not Jesus' middle name. The word Christ is what? Anointing. So he says that the anointing, and what was it that empowered Jesus to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil? The anointing. Praise God. So now he says that Christ or that the anointing may dwell in your where? Hearts. That's the inner man. Through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Think love might have something to do with it? I think he wouldn't have said that if it didn't. You being rooted and grounded in love may be able to what? Comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love, there we see love once again, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, we talked about this of God this last week when we talked about influence. That he said he, we are his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Here he says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundant. See, here's what I believe the, 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 uh, the limitation is. The limitation is how much we understand that we have been filled with. How much we understand who it is that is in us. How much we understand how much he wants to do through us. This is why Paul prayed this for the Ephesian church, that they would understand, that they would know, that they would have a revelation. Praise God. So I would say that the limitation is the level of our revelation. Praise God. The limitation is the How did I say that? That was really good what I said just a second ago. <laughs> the limitation is our revelation. The level of our revelation. The limitation is the level of our revelation. Somebody write that down because I want to I want to remember it. The limitation is the level of our revelation. Praise God. I'm gonna say it again because I like it. The <laughs> The limitation is the level of our revelation. Praise God. Praise God. So, how about we begin to ask Holy Spirit, the one that's in us, the one that's filling us, give me a greater revelation of who you are and what you have got, what you, why you moved on the inside of me. Give me a greater revelation of that. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 16, that he would grant 
you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now we already know you can't believe what you don't know. You can't believe what you haven't heard. So it says you got to be strengthened that, that Christ dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. You realize that unless you're rooted and grounded in love, any works that you attempt to do in the name of Jesus, you're going to be doing by selfish motives unless you've been rooted and grounded in love. If you've been rooted and grounded in love, you're going to be doing the works for the benefit of the other person. But if you have not been rooted and grounded in love, then your motivation is going to be a selfish motivation. And you're going to be trying to do works that Jesus did based on the fact that you're trying to make you look good. That's why this is how love fits into this. You've got to be rooted and grounded in love so that there is a compassion that rises. How many remember reading in the scriptures where it says Jesus was moved with compassion? There was a love that, that Jesus moved and, and operated with that because he loved the people, there was compassion that rose up on the inside of him when he saw the lost, when he saw the dying, when he saw the hurting, when he saw the you know, you know those that, whose lives were being wrecked by the operation and the activity of the devil in their lives, and he saw that and he was moved with compassion. Compassion's root is in love. So he was rooted and grounded in love and he moved with compassion and healed their sick praise God praise God so when we can get over ourselves and begin to move in love hallelujah how do we do that how do we do that well see God is love, and God is three persons in one. God is God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, so therefore love is dwelling in you. So become conscious of who is dwelling in you. Become conscious of the fact that, you know, well, I'm trying to love them. No. No, 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 no. You'll never do it. There will always be a reason to not love them. But when you are rooted and grounded in love, and love that is on the inside of you just begins to exude out of you towards them, and you see a person that is hurting Love motivates. Praise God. Now, now let's get down to my outline. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll stop right there. That, that's the part I got in the cafe. Uh, we'll, we'll let the rest of it wait. All right? Praise God. We'll just, we'll just hang on to that and preach it another day, and, and it'll be okay. But... Uh, you know, we have to become more conscious of what Holy Spirit has brought on the inside of us. You know, He's not just this happy feeling. He's not just this dance in your feet. Now, I got no problem with that. I, I've been around that all my life. People that 
dance in the spirit before the Lord. Got no problem with that whatsoever. If you want to dance before the Lord, you know, do it. If it, 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 I, you know, he's he's more than a shout. I got no problem with that. If you want to shout, shout. You know, he's more than just speaking with tongues. I'm going to say like the Apostle Paul said, and I'm not saying this of myself, I'm just saying his words. I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, this is what he said, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words in a known language than 10,000 words in another tongue. He said, so that you can be, now that, isn't that, doesn't that sound like love? In the church, I'd rather speak five words that you can understand than 10,000 words you can't understand. But he also made it clear, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet when I am with you in the church, love is going to move me towards you to make it more important that you understand than for me to show off. And a lot of people think Holy Spirit is nothing but, a, a, you know, entertainment. But I'm telling you, there is a place for tongues. There is a place, and it's a powerful place for speaking with tongues. But I'm also going to tell you that there is a powerful place in God that has been overlooked, and that is the love that Holy Spirit brought on the inside of you that motivated you toward the person sitting next to you. And made that person more important than you looking good. That's why I determined, you know, I, I used to do a lot of things that I, that I saw growing up, coming up in ministry. Things that I saw other preachers do. And I'm not being critical of them. Uh, but there were some things that I really felt like was done to draw attention to the preacher. And a lot of the ways that they did things, and I'm not calling out anybody in, in particular, and if you're thinking of somebody in particular, just go ahead and erase that from your mind. I'm making a point. I'm, I'm not trying to stir up some kind of grievous thought towards someone. I, I'm trying to make a point, that's all. And so this is not about any, any particular person, but I saw preachers that did things that I felt like were just drawing attention to the preacher. Now, I'm not saying that was the, the purpose of their heart because I know I did the same things. And I didn't do it to draw attention to me. But what I realized one day is it was drawing attention to me. It wasn't why I was doing it, but it was drawing attention to me. And people came to receive from me, not from God. And I was a disappointing substitute. You know? And, and, and I decided I'm just not going to do that stuff anymore. I mean, the Holy Spirit, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. If you tell me to do something, I'll do it. But I, I'm not doing it unless you do. I'm just not going to draw attention to me. That's why, you know, I usually don't have prayer lines where we lay hands on the sick, although it's biblical, and although occasionally I do. But it's not something I do on a regular basis because I don't want you coming to me. I want to direct you to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I, I don't want to, to do these things that get you to looking at this guy right here. I want you to look at Jesus. 
praise God. And my job is to point you to Him. You see, Holy Spirit is in me, but Holy Spirit's job is to point you to Jesus. He does his job quite well. I don't always do quite so well, but he does. And he always points to Jesus. And if I can't find Jesus in what happened, I was just drawing attention to me. Praise God. I do have to stop. It's a shame because... But nonetheless, you know, if you're here today or you're watching online and you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, just as we talked about earlier, on the day of Pentecost that 3,000 were added to the Lord that day, there, were, there was Jesus and then he rose from the dead. And then there were 120 more than 3,000 more. Well, somewhere along the line, every one of us that have received Jesus as our Savior, our number came up. Praise God. Well, if you're watching today or if you're sitting in this room today and you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your number's being called. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we wanna hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus and I wanna encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love 